This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International, and I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. I have with me a good friend of mine, Matt Shea, former House of Representatives, Washington State. Now he's a pastor, a senior pastor. Uh, Matt, uh, welcome back to the Warning Radio program, and and tell the audience the church you pastor. So uh, On Fire Ministries here in uh, Spokane, Washington, uh, we are very much about being the kingdom and being Christians in action, and that's... uh, that's why it's always great to be on your show, Dr. Hansen, because you're all about action, not just talking and praying about it, but also action. And I understand prayer is action in a manner of speaking, but there does need to be boots on the ground, um, and God has commanded us to heal the sick, cast out demons, and preach the gospel of the kingdom everywhere we go. Well, you're exactly right. Uh, uh, prayer without works, so to speak, is dead. In other words, the Bible says we're supposed to pray for ourselves that we can do the will of God. Jesus made us his ambassadors. He said, go tarry, but don't even try to accomplish my, my work until you are filled with my power, my spirit. And so we can pray, as you said, Matt, all we want. Jesus is not coming out of heaven until the battle of Armageddon. He's not going to save us. He has commissioned you and I to bring peace to nations, to disciple nations, to rule, reign, to occupy, to take dominion. And that's what we're supposed to do. Now, Matt, you just returned from Poland. Uh, we talked about before you went to Poland and before uh, I was on a six-week tour, I just returned trying to wake up the church. We need another great awakening, uh, sharing the importance of eagle-saving nations. And if you're listening to this program, uh, go to my website, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagles Saving Nations. You're going to love it. It's something you can do as we try to get into the stadiums and and see another move of the Holy Spirit like America needs so desperately. So, Matt, uh, tell us about your trip in Poland and and your your feelings. What's going on in the Ukraine? So, uh, kind of giving a quick update. Um, So, we went to uh, Poland and then we actually went into Ukraine uh, to rescue uh, 60 orphans. Um, the orphanage director had uh, called uh, uh, the director of uh, loving uh, families and homes for orphans. And then in turn, we were called, uh, hey, can you help? We need to go rescue 60 orphans. So, of course, you're going to say yes to that and head over. And we were able to successfully get them uh, out of Ukraine uh, legally and, and with all the proper paperwork and the stamp of approval of the consul 
there uh, of Ukraine in Poland and Lublin. Uh, we got him into Poland and got him up there to uh, a uh, basically a resort, and the kids are doing great now. And uh, just one of those great opportunities to serve the Lord, and he has a heart for the widows and orphans, and we get to experience that. Um, I will say just some of the things that I saw and experienced there. First of all, the uh, United States Special Forces that trained some of those Ukrainians um, have obviously done a, a great job uh, over the last few years because what happened was they basically turned their entire country into what is called a defense in depth. And what we saw driving on those highways was that every single major road off those highways was prepared um, to fight for that ground. And so, you know, seeing that and knowing that Ukraine is the largest Christian nation in Europe and it's experienced a revival over the past few years, a revival that is continuing even right now. Uh, hundreds of soldiers are giving their lives to Jesus before they go into battle. Um, a lot of the refugees that we saw that had come across uh, the border into Poland, one of the first things that they asked for were Bibles. Uh, it was very, very amazing thing. And so we, um, we really saw that the Ukrainians are winning, and they're putting up a very stiff resistance against the Russians. And as we talked about before I left, the Russian army is very weak. And their battle damage assessment right now, the battle damage assessment I've seen right now, um, over one-third of all Russian tanks in their entire military have been destroyed just in this conflict. And so some of the rhetoric that's coming out of Russia right now regarding nuclear war, and I know you're going to touch on your own uh, messages on this, but we need to take them very seriously because Russia feels as if that's all they have left. Exactly. It, it is, is nuclear weapons. So that, that is a very serious thing. While we were in Poland, they were testing the air raid sirens. And in fact, a Russian bomber had incurred into Polish airspace while we were there. And that was now several weeks ago. So this is this is escalating. It's also very clear, too, that that uh, the Russian military is uh, approaching what, what is called combat ineffective status. Um, one report uh, from Bellingcat said that uh, 90% of their entire uh, special forces airborne units were completely wiped out. So they're reaching what would be known as an existential place, and that's why Putin's rhetoric is ramping up. And it's not just talk. Uh, they are seriously considering doing this and uh, doing a broader war. And the last thing I'll mention is here on May 9th, I would expect some sort of announcement from Putin uh, he was originally planning May 9th to announce victory because that's Victory in Europe Day, a very important holiday there in, in Russia. But it seems like he actually may be announcing a broader war on May 9th, and that probably will first involve Transnistria in Moldova. And for your listeners that don't know where Transnistria is, it is a very thin strip of land between a river and Moldova and the Ukrainian border. Um, it's actually kind of infamous because uh, Holocaust camps uh, were down there in that area, concentration camps. So anyway, that's kind of the short version of it, um, but it looks very clear right now like they are um, serious about nuclear weapons, and it also looks like there's people in the West 
that are trying to foment this World War III so that uh, they can usher in a one-world government, a one-world economic system, and a one-world religion, whatever that even means. Well, nuclear war is on the horizon. Certainly, uh, America and the rest of the world are, are going to see uh, different types of war in the future, including nuclear, chemical, biological, nuclear terrorism, and uh, an attack. But uh, uh, so I thought, we talked about before you went to Poland before I left for the six-week tour about the very possibility of, of uh, this going into a nuclear scenario. Matt? Yeah, and it's so it's increased in likelihood pretty dramatically because Russian losses are mounting. Um, the Ukrainians launched a very successful uh, offensive or counteroffensive uh, two days ago, driving the Russians 40 kilometers back up out of Kharkiv, which is in the northeast of Ukraine. So, yes, it is very clear they are serious about this. Um, I guess what else I would add to that is that, you know, there's a narrative here everyone needs to understand. That back in 2016, the left tried to tie uh, Russia and Putin to Donald Trump. And a lot of people are saying, well, why did they do that? And there's a couple of implications from this. First of all, they tried to tie Russia and Putin to Donald Trump so that when World War III breaks out, that's their plan, and we come against it in Jesus' name, but that's their plan, then they will try to tie every conservative, every Christian, every patriot who supported Putin in Russia to traitorous activity and then use that as the excuse to crack down on Christians, conservatives, and patriots. So this is a narrative war. It's called fifth-generation warfare, a war over ideas and narratives. So they're trying to tie conservatives, Christians, and patriots to Russia so that when World War III starts, they'll use that as the excuse to round them up or to crack down on them. This, a lot of people have missed this. They've also missed that the other part that we just talked about, that after World War III, they want, it, they want World War III to come so that they can implement this global governance system and economic system and, and religious system, just like they did after the First World War with the League of Nations, just like they did after the Second World War with the United Nations. But we know we have a discernment point in Scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.3, which clearly says that anyone who says peace and security, we should be wary of. And the first line and some of the first few words of the first article of the United Nations Charter says peace and security. So we know that whatever this plan is to uh, embroil the United States in a global war again is obviously not from the Lord. And so you have globalists in the West that are fomenting this, and you have Putin, who is also a globalist and a communist, and Putin was friends with Klaus Schwab up until the war started and had very favorable things to say about him. So you have a war between really globalists right now. And what's caught in the middle is the Ukrainian people who are experiencing revival and who have a right to defend their own country. So we support a people's right to do that. It doesn't mean we have a commentary on leadership, but we support a people's right to do that. Yes, we do. Uh, I wrote an article, a couple articles on uh, self-defense and a, a Christian's responsibility in this area. Not only responsibility, but our, our rights. But uh, I know March 20, 2020 on, uh, I believe it was March 23, I've had over now 25 uh, nighttime visions, dreams about civil unrest, civil war, and an invasion. 
You can go to my website, www.worldministries.org, read them all and many before that time. But uh, definitely, uh, I also wrote on the next four world wars. It's on the horizon. But uh, So you, you see that those that backed Trump, uh, they will use this to attack them. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what this is all about because it doesn't, you know, people were, weren't being able to make sense out of this, but if they understand, understand the broader narrative, then they don't fall into the trap. And the unfortunate thing is people like Tucker Carlson understand that they're using it on the backside that, you know, Trump colluded with Russia. This is their narrative, colluded with Russia and therefore won the election in 2016. Therefore, they want to go to war with Russia because they undermine the United States. That's the left's narrative to get their people on board. And that's what Tucker Carlson has recognized, but he fails to recognize the bigger play here of the globalists is to foment World War III intentionally. And if you miss that, you miss the spiritual implications of everything that is happening right now. And I want to talk about one of them very particularly. As you've said many times, there is a science of judgment, that judgment follows evil. God warns against it. And you can see it happen very clearly uh, as the lines in the road. What we're seeing right now in the United States is Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned. And then each state is going to have a choice whether to abolish the God of Molech or to follow that idol. And if they don't choose the right thing to do, it's very clear that God's judgment is coming quickly after this. He does not allow these choices um, for just no reason. There, there, is a, there is a very clear testimony against this horrific sacrifice of human life that's been going on. And also, there is going to be an opportunity to choose to do the right thing. This is a very seminal moment in our, in our nation's history, but also in each state's history. And I heard Governor Inslee say the other day that, it will never happen in Washington that Roe versus Wade will be overturned. And my response to that is that may be true, but Liberty State, in other words, every county that wants to be free will reject that. And it's another reason that constitutionally there should be the creation of a new state uh, involving eastern Washington and any other counties in western Washington that want to be free. Yeah, and definitely, Matt, I see civil war coming. Uh, there's no way around it. Uh, uh, we're, we're getting more and more as the divided states of America. And uh, as we continue to move along these areas of morality, of, of sin, etc., uh, we're going to see civil war. I'm convinced of that, Matt. It really looks like we're headed in that direction. And, and people say, well, how could you say that? Well, it's, it's actually biblical. I mean, there was this, an Israel-Judah moment where Judah followed the Lord in righteousness and Israel did not. And Israel instituted pagan traditions and and idols and everything else. And it's, it's very important to understand that uh, things like uh, the worship of demons and even holidays like Halloween, you can actually read in the Old Testament right around the same time as what we know today as Halloween, that Jeroboam reinstituted a feast during that time or a festival during that time. And so God, God is making this crystal clear, good, evil. 
And those that choose good, obviously evil is not going to want that to continue, so they're going to come against the good. And this is such an important point to understand. Throughout history in the church, there has been this argument. Do we just, is it just God's judgment? We should just sit back and let it happen. When in fact, God said, no, I'm calling you to be a kingdom. I have made you a kingdom, as he said in Revelation 1. I have made you into a kingdom. It is your job to stop that evil and to push back the darkness and to not put your lamp under a lampstand or, or a mask for that matter, but actually shine your light into the darkness. And that is what actually stops evil. It's not sitting back and allowing it to happen. They had this argument in 732 AD when the Muslims came into Eastern Europe to the Battle of Tours, France. There was a group of Christians that said, we shouldn't fight. It's just God's judgment. And then another group of Christians said, no, we are supposed to actually stop evil. And they did. Then it happened again in 1683. Um, up to that time for the for 150 plus years before that, Muslim armies were invading Eastern Europe. And Martin Luther actually said, well, it's just God's judgment. We should just let it happen. And people said, no, we've learned this lesson already. We are going to fight and we're going to stop evil. And that happened in 1683 at the Battle of Vienna. So this is this is an argument that has already been settled. The question is, which side do we choose? Do we choose the side of the Lord and righteousness or do we choose a much darker path? And that that is going to be up to every individual, up to every family up to every county, up to every state, and ultimately it's going to be up to our nation. Well, you're exactly right, and I urge you to go on my website, ladies and gentlemen, www.worldministries.org. That's www.worldministries.org. I send out pastoral articles all the way back into the 1990s to a month, and you can read about much of these areas that we're talking about right now, and you can read about what our responsibilities are. It's like uh, kings, presidents, and dictators. Does God put them in? No, we put them in because we either allow them to continue to reign or we rise up and uh, be true disciples and ambassadors and put in righteous leaders. God did not put President Obama in. The American people put him in, and a dysfunctional church uh, was alongside of that, or it would have never happened. He would have never put in somebody that was totally, if we want to say, Antichrist and, and backing the Muslim Brotherhood and on and on and on and on. He did not put Joe Biden in, but we had a dysfunctional church that allowed it to happen. Matt? Yes. Wars start because Christians are not involved in politics. That's it. Yeah, we Corruption have. Corruption yeah, Christians aren't involved in business, etc. Exactly. The Great Commission, we have a responsibility to make disciples of all nations. We're supposed to make disciples. We're supposed to rule and reign and occupy, take dominion. If the righteous rule, people prosper. If evil men rule, the righteous are persecuted. So we have a responsibility. As we said, we can pray all we want. Jesus is not coming out of heaven to save America. If America is going to be saved, it's up to the church. And that's why Eagles Saving Nations is all about. The church to rise up and be what the church is supposed to be, filled with the power of God. And let's do what we can to take back America. Another great awakening. You know, you get back into this area of the church afraid to speak against sin. I mean, not only Roe versus Wade, but uh, Matt, homosexuality is a sin. It, it is a sin. And and God made them male and female. I mean, we can 
stand on that biologically. We can stand on that in the truth of the word. And yet churches are still afraid to talk about this issue. Now, that doesn't mean we we hate people that are trapped in a homosexual lifestyle or anything like that. To the contrary, we love them, but we, we should stay very clear on the message and preach the truth of God, but do it in love. And I think people have misconstrued that. They, they construe love as some sort of like coddling or or being not confrontational uh, in the best sense of that term. They think it's just not saying anything. When in fact, what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, that silence in the face of evil is actually evil itself. Well, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, Jesus loved the sinner. That's why he died on the cross for all sinners. He ate with them, but he did not become sin. Uh, he realized that their sin would separate him from God. And, and you get into Sodom and Gomorrah, the plain cities. He sent two angels. And uh, instead of listening to truth to set him free, they wanted to rape the very angels. I mean, homosexuality is a sin. And we love them. We try to bring them out of that depravity. And I've yeah. had so many uh, former homosexuals on this program. Now they have started ministries to try to help these people that have gone so far into depravity and try to bring them into what we can say is true freedom, where they can truly live. But, uh, you know, President Thomas Jefferson, he authorized a bill uh, to castrate homosexuals. I mean, think about this. Uh, you get into New York City, uh, the state of New York, uh, the crime was death by hang. And you could go on and on, state after state, uh, the death penalty, or, or in prison at hard labor from one year to life and to death. I mean, this is just the history of the United States until 1973. Sodomy was a crime. And... The reason is because of what follows this stuff, and it, it, just like with addictions, and we have we have pornography addictions and fornication that, that even preceded all of that, and also we had the worship of false gods and the, the and idolatry here in this country that preceded that, and then you know all of those things resulted in the the sacrifice of the unborn, the the worship of the god of Molech. We have all of these things, and the reason that we say that's wrong and the reason that people in the church back then said we're not going to allow this behavior is because God's judgment followed this stuff because it was evil. God's judgment is on evil, so it, his judgment will follow evil behavior, and by the blood of Jesus Christ, we can be cleansed of that. In fact, just the other day, uh, a man who uh, is a 38-year HIV survivor, which is a testimony to God's healing, and God healed him. He just got married, and he is one of the greatest uh, witnesses of the power and, and the blood of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior on the cross that I have ever heard. And he goes into some of the darkest places to help rescue folks out of that, but he still says, look, you and I both know that's wrong. And so we have to have that as part of the message. It cannot be a coddling message or only half the gospel. Well, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, I know that the the mean age for homosexuals engaged in it is 20 to 30 years less they live. Uh, you get into all of the diseases. You get into the crime rate. Uh, I remember when we tried to stop 
even giving equal rights. And, and we did programs in my studio, television studio. And we said, we must call this sin. It's not just your opinion, because your opinion doesn't mean any more than another person's opinion. There's a higher authority. It is sin. You remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, it, it is sin. And God has made it crystal clear that it is not his will and that we are supposed to obey his commandments. And if we know a commandment and we disobey it, that that is sin. He's very clear in the scripture about that. Uh, and w- which also brings up the other point that we've kind of danced around a little bit, and that is a point of repentance. People need to repent. And in this day and age, what we're seeing right now in our country, people say, what do I need to do? The first thing is repent. Lay it down at the foot of the cross. Receive his forgiveness that he bought on the cross. And Ask him, too, what do you want me to do, Lord? And then whatever he tells you to do, go do it immediately in, in, in obedience. And I think a lot of Christians had this mindset we could just sit on the sideline eating popcorn and watch what happens when God has called us into action again to be the kingdom. Well, you're exactly right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest, Matt Shea, Pastor Matt Shea. Again, former House Representative, Washington State. May God richly bless you. Tune in again next week because I'm going to have Matt on. There's things we never got to. And uh, we're, we're going to get to him next week. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.